Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Brian Chasnoff, investigative reporter. Carrie Clack, columnist, editorial board member. Nancy Pryor-Johnson, associate editorial board editor. We're going to talk today about uh, $75 million in excess revenue that CPS Energy has uh, from this long, hot summer and, uh, and talk about what the city sh- should do with that money. We're going to talk about Beth O'Rourke's um, MF bomb in mineral wells last week and, and what we make of that. Um, and of course the big story nationally was the, uh, the search of former president Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida by the FBI. And, uh, that's going to have massive implications, I think on this election cycle and, and I'm sure Trump's uh, political future. But before we get to all that, I want to talk about something really important. And that's the fact that, Nancy, you were in New York last week. And while you were there, you met Vanilla Ice. And so um, we need to know a little bit about how that happened and what that that meeting was. Well, I didn't expect that to be on the agenda, but sure. (laughs) So we went we had dinner with uh, my husband's brother and his girlfriend in the city. And um, we got back and we were in the elevator and someone asked us to hold it open. And so we did. And in came two men. And my husband just kept nudging me and, you know, telling to tell me to pay attention to something. And I was in my own little world. And, uh, and I, I was like, yes, like, you know, what are you trying to tell me? And and he's like, look, look. And so I look up and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's vanilla ice. <laughs> but just something silly came out of my mouth. And I just said, who are you? <laughs> and so he just paused and he looked at me and he says, well, I'm nobody today. And, but he was, he was actually friendly. He was joking. And then I said, can we get a picture with you? Because at that point I knew, you know, and then my husband's like, ice, ice, baby. <laughs> He's like telling me. And so he was nice. Um, you know, you know, marijuana is legal in New York and it's on every corner along with the dirty water dogs and the pizza, you know, delicious pizza. Um, and so I, I have a feeling that he partook of some of that um, because he kept talking about how high the elevator was going um, and how quickly it was going. Um, and so we're, we're sure that he was in the penthouse, which was floor 45. Um, but he was very nice. He did talk about, he asked us where we're from and we said San Antonio and he said, oh, I'm from Dallas. So we're both Texans, you know, so that was nice. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a, that's a, I'm going to, I don't know if we could call it brush with greatness, a, certainly a brush, a brush with, you know, infamy. infamy. Yeah. But still that's, I would be, no, I would be, that would have make a big impression on me. So that's, that's cool. Um, before we get into our first topic, I wanted to also let you know that we've started something um, with Pluto Politics where we're inviting listeners to submit questions and we can, we'll get to them on, on the air, anything that you're interested in with, if it's regarding San Antonio or Texas politics. So uh, if you go to our website, go to expressnews.com uh, forward slash ask Pudo, um, just submit your question there and we'll be, we'll be getting to them. 
So we're going to talk uh, first about the CPS Energy surplus. Um, city Manager Eric Walsh did his annual uh, budget presentation to the City Council last week, and uh, the city is really kind of like you know flush with cash right now, and a lot of it comes from CPS Energy because the summer is so hot. It exceeded they ex- they got seventy five million dollars more than they were expecting. Um, or, or it looks like they're going to get 75 million more. And so the question is what to do with it. Now, Eric Walsh and his recommendation to the council has about 25 million for various other things, uh, Edwards Aquifer protection, um, streets and sidewalks, that sort of thing, uh, emergency preparedness. But the big question is what to do with the remaining $50 million. His recommendation to the council is five million goes to sort of help low income um, residents deal with, with uh, their you know, with energy issues, but 45 million would be like a one-time credit. They would look at your July bill, uh, CPS energy bill, and about 13 and a half percent of that would get knocked off your October bill. For the average, uh, that's it's going to be across the board for residential and commercial um, customers. For the average customer, uh, it's going to be about $31. There's a lot of debate already happening on city council about the best use of this money. And you've got Mario Bravo, uh, freshman council member in district one. And really, I think all of the, 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 the freshman council members, uh, Jalen McKee, Rodriguez, Terry Castillo, as well as Mario Bravo are talking about long-term, uh, uses for this money. Um, weatherization, uh, creating, uh, enhancing the tree canopy in San Antonio, trying to deal with climate change. Let's use the money for that. Um, Brian, I'll start with you. When you look at this, uh, th- we're going to be hearing a lot more about about this. But when you does it make more sense to you as a not only as a, as a reporter, but also as a CPS Energy customer, as we all are, does it make more sense to you to just give a one time rebate or to try to think about long term strategies? Well, I think there's a certain symmetry to Mario Bravo's idea to uh, plug that money into the bigger problem. I mean, we all know how miserable. Uh, July has been, and you know August continues to be in San Antonio. It felt worse this year than ever before, um, and I would love to hear a debate, uh, a serious debate about whether or not his ideas would make a difference. Um, you know, long term, I think that uh, that's sort of the mindset right now with the with the climate bill that just passed. Um, people are are. are that there's a sense enough is enough. There's a critical mass building, uh, acknowledging that, that we have a serious grave problem on our hands, uh, with the planet and action needs to be taken now. So I, I think, I thought it was actually a, a very interesting, good idea that he had. Yeah. Now the, the thing too, is that we had 45 days in June and July where we had temperatures of over hundred degrees or more and some of them 104, 105. This is just way out of the ordinary. And Eric Walsh is not wrong when he says this is this is not the norm but he as he was presenting his budget to the council and said that he immediately kind of asked himself is or is it because this is this is the question we know that this is it feels like this is a one-time deal this is just way out of the out of the ordinary but i think a lot of us also think this might be and i think that's what mario bravo certainly argued that this might be a hint of what we're going to be looking at going forward. And we have to, we have to be prepared for that. Um, what do you think here? You know, the, the, to me, the key phrase is one time, one time rebate, rebate. And that in itself is problematic, but even if, if it was a rebate, 
every year because this isn't going to get, it's not getting cooler. This, I think this is the norm. Mm -hmm. uh, then we'll be talking about an annual rebate, but re rebate. But I, I, I'm, I'm for Bravo's idea. First of all, I commend Walsh, commend the city for wanting to give the money back to the customers and to just not find other other ways, other things to do with it. But I think you have to invest it in the future, whether it's you know towards battling climate change or doing more to to help low-income folks get quality air conditioning. Uh, but yeah, the investment into the future is going to always be superior than just a one-time rebate that in the long run isn't going to mean that much to most of us. Yeah. I should say also that you did have, you know, there were some other ideas floating around. Uh, Dr. Adriana Rocha Garcia, I, th I think talked a little bit about um, infrastructure, you know, streets, uh, sidewalks, drainage, and maybe using that money to do because the city can never really keep up with it, its needs there. But I think you hit on something, Carrie, which is that there's not only the issue, the question of is the rebate the best use of the money, but also if we're going to do a rebate, how are you going to administer it? And if you're doing it across the board, uh, regardless of need, many people have already pointed out $31 uh, for many people in San Antonio, it's not it's not really going to be that that big a help to them. They don't they don't necessarily need it. For other people, it's not going to be nearly enough to 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 cope with what what the the challenges they've got. Um, what do you think about that, Nancy? I think maybe put more in a fund. I think $5 million was going to be set aside to help kind of bail out customers who can't afford their bill, um, who are in danger of, you know, getting disconnected, which can you imagine getting disconnected in this weather? Um, so I think putting more of the money or maybe all of the money in that fund to help fund those people who cannot afford their bill um, to try to bail them out, um, you know, more. And, you know, it's an equity thing, you know, like you say, $31 isn't going to help, you know, it's big deal, right? $30 $31. Maybe you get it in October. Okay. Maybe it'll help you buy some bags of candy to give out at Halloween. Um, a few bags, not many. Um, but for someone who cannot afford, picture someone who's elderly, right? Or a family who cannot afford to keep their bill, you know, cannot afford to pay their bill. And this means that they're going to get disconnected and they've already gotten that notice and they don't know how else to pay for it. Then, you know, it would be good for them to just say, oh, we have this fund, you know, and we can help you when with more money, they can help more people. Wanted to, uh, to shift to the, to the, uh, the story about Beth O'Rourke last week. Um, as you all know, Beth O'Rourke, former El Paso Congressman is running for governor and democratic nominee. He was campaigning in mineral wells. And, uh, this is part of this, uh, a, a, I think 49 day tour where he's been going all over the state. And, uh, as he has at other events, he talked about the May 24th shooting in Uvalde and, Really, you know, got. I think it was he. He had a moment there where he was. It was a really kind of a emotional discussion about the atrocity of wep assault style weapons, weapons that were essentially designed uh, for the battlefields of Vietnam, being used to go into uh, classroom and uh, and just take the lives of, of children and their teachers in, in a matter of seconds. And as he was in the middle of this uh, discussion. There were a few Greg Abbott supporters in the room and at least one of them in the back when he started describing the weapon that was that was used to 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 kill people in Uvalde. He there were there, there was some laughter and Beth O'Rourke turned around and said, um, it may be funny to you. It's not funny to me. 
MF. Um, it instantly became, uh, you know, kind of a, a viral sensation. I think that, you know, there was, uh, well, I, I want to get the, get the, your, your thoughts on, uh, there's something that about it, and I don't think it was just, you know, the language that he used, although that certainly was what attracted a lot of attention and a lot of d debate about whether it was appropriate or not. But I think there was something about the way it was delivered and the way that, it, that uh, people responded emotionally. I think that was what, what happened. I mean, Carrie, what was, what was your reaction when you saw it and you wrote about it? And uh, if you could get your first thoughts when you saw the video, but then also, um, you know, sort of your, your bigger thoughts about what, it, what profanity really means when we're talking about political discourse. Yeah, when I saw it begin to trend on Twitter, I thought, I don't know, better and, you know, a bad word and profanity. Okay, what else? What else is new? And and with him, sometimes a lot of times it's. I mean, it's. I mean, it's obviously part of who he is, and it just it just comes out unfiltered sometimes. Then other times you think, you know, because it is a part of him that he he's conscious of that, and that he has to throw that out every now and then. But when you look at at the video and the, and the context, and and you know, I, I, he's describing what the AR-15 does, and he's you know he's getting on his knees and doing all this, and then you hear the guy, you hear the laughter. And it's loud enough where it sounds like the guy wants people to hear him laughing. And and, and Bethel's talking, but then it's like it it clicks to him what what the guy that the guy is actually laughing, and it just comes out and it is just it is just so perfectly timed. Not that he was trying to time it, it was perfectly natural the way he said it and the way he delivered it. And uh it was electric. It was electric. And and I've yet to hear anything about the guy who was laughing. I haven't heard anything about him or any kind of a defense. But uh, it 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 also made me more sympathetic of 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 Mayor McLaughlin the day after the shooting when Beto got up and and uh, uh, going after Abbott for not doing anything and and. McLaughlin calls him a sick SOB. Well, you know, if if I think it's the same emotions are at play, uh, whatever your whatever your politics are, the same emotions are at play that made McLaughlin call Beto an SOB and made Beto call the guy laughing at a massacre an MF. Yeah, I think both of them were genuine. Whether you agree with with either or both of them, I don't think either one of them was just a kind of a, a calculated thing. I was, Carrie and I were talking before we started the, uh, today's podcast and I'm saying, you know, we see a lot of politicians now trying to drop, you know, profanity or trying to use kind of provocative language to make an impression. And it's like, you know, if Ted Cruz says, you know, my pronouns are kiss my ass, whatever, you know, it, it, it just, it, it feels like such a sort of performative thing. And, uh, and so that's why I think the response about that was not just about, oh, look, he's using strong language in this, in the, you know, against this Abbott supporter. It was the fact that it felt very raw. And, and people, I think, have, have gotten to where they can tell when a politician is just, it's just, it's an act. You know, what'd you think, Brian? I thought it was freaking great. Yeah. <laughs> can we say that? You can say that. Well, okay. you just did. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it was very on brand for Beto. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe it was genuine because I think he, you know, he genuinely feels very deeply about this issue. Um, but, but I also think that Beto's image is someone who's at the absolute end of his rope with this, with guns and gun violence. And so I think that he's just letting himself fully express that uh, side of him. Um, and, and, you know, it echoed when he was in the presidential debate, when mm -hmm. 
Did, didn't he use a curse word when he did? In, like in a, I think in an interview, like okay. right after the El Paso shooting, he and, didn't say "damn straight." I'm going to take your something like that. Oh, um, can I say "damn"? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he did, but he did talk about taking people's right, right, weapons, right. Yeah. Anyway, I um, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a great point you just made about how when Ted Cruz says my pronoun is kiss my ass, how just forced and, and strained that felt and just eye rolling. But this is just sort of, you know, sets your, you know, makes your hair, hair on your arm stand up, you know? So. Yeah. what did you think, Nancy? I mean, when I first heard it and, you know, I was in New York and and listening and watching it online as well. And I mean, just the audacity, you know, it's it, it shouldn't surprise me that somebody would do that, an Abbott supporter, but the audacity to laugh like that and make, you know, to make that happen. Um, I do think it was a raw and human, um, you know, emotion to it. Um, I don't blame Beto for doing it. I'm, I totally support him for doing it. I feel like him doing that, is I mean I feel like he he showed what so many of us are feeling right like we are just um, frustrated with with the lack of change that's happening um, with the speed that is happening with you know the whole political process and and where people stand on this I mean to laugh at this description of you know children and teachers getting massacred in classrooms I mean how low can you go you know just to laugh at that. And it, it's 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 ironic, and I'm 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 crazy about making you know anytime trying to bring politics into into Yavaldi, but it's inescapable that it, that and we won't know how the, until until the election. But the biggest thing Beto had going against him going into this election was the comment after El Paso was "I'm going to take your guns." Which basically it's almost word for word what. Michael Douglas says in the American president at the end, I'm coming to your house, I'm going to take your guns away. Now, Bethel didn't go that far. But we all thought that that was going to be his, his biggest problem. Ironically, it, it, it's helping him because of this authentic, genuine, just people fed up with, with, this, with the carnage and, and, and leaders not doing anything. And, and, that, and what happened last week with that, with, with the MF comment, it just kind of adds to this kind this this momentum that if we you know if Beto should should actually win the the governor's race when we look back on this one of the issues that would have helped him would have been the gun issue. Just a, a quick correction: he said, "Hell yes, yes. we are going yeah, that, to take your AR-15s." That's right. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think he, but I th and I think right after the, the weekend of the El Paso shooting, he did drop an F bomb when a reporter asked a question like, "Do you think Donald Trump can help, or what can Donald Trump do?" And he was just really frustrated because he just thought, "Well, look at you know the the the, the shooter in El Paso in 2019 was obviously somebody who uh, was, you know, was a white nationalist uh, who was objecting to uh, Latinos coming into the state, and Donald Trump had certainly." That's certainly fed that. And, and don't forget, Beto has roots in punk punk bands, right? Yeah. So, does, I mean, so, yeah. so that's also part of his image of just, you know, just letting it out. I, I actually think, and that's a good point, Brian, actually, because I feel like Beto hopefully will appeal to younger voters, too. And I mean... I was a junior high teacher um, not that long ago. And let me tell you, those children, I mean, they all curse like nothing, right? I mean, we we all do. And I think it's, um, I mean, you should, 
I just think the whole pearl clutching thing, you know, it's just like, come on, you know, and um, I feel like that kind of rawness appeals to a younger voter. I hope so. And I hope that he will get that support from younger voters and that it will help rally them around these, this cause to to vote and try to make some kind of change. You know, I, I tend to fall back on music analogies and Bethel reminds me of a certain type of music performer. There are some you know, music performers who are really, they're craftspeople. And if even on a night when they're not feeling it, they can give a really solid professional performance. There are other people. And I think Bob Dylan, who I'm a fan of, is in that category. Like you see him on a bad night. He's not, in, he's not engaged. He's going to be terrible. You know, he's going to be terrible because he's just, he can't fake it. He doesn't have that, that capacity. He doesn't fall back on that sort of professionalism or the craftsmanship. And Betho has a certain thing where when he's really engaged and feeling it, it's a very emotional connection. He's not, I didn't feel like for most of his presidential campaign that his heart was fully in it. I think he kind of got in on the rebound from his Senate race and he wasn't really good at sort of, he couldn't really find his voice and he wasn't good at faking it. And I think in the final weeks after the El Paso shooting, when they, when he got really sort of, when he was really sort of angry about that, he, he sort you saw, you saw some life in him, but I think it was a little too late for him, but he's just one of those kind of people. And I think that in this race, the question I had was not whether you could win or lose. Cause I think it, it's going to be very difficult for him regardless, but are we going to see the sort of the candidate that we saw in 2018 that created that sort of visceral connection with people? And I think the answer is yes. Again, regardless of what happens in November, I think that that he is, he's really engaged. And, um, if he, if he, when he is, he's a certain type of politician, maybe Robert Kennedy was a little bit like that in his own way, that it, you could see that you could read the words on the page for, of a speech of his, but you wouldn't really get the feeling. You'd have to see it. You'd have to, there's a certain, yeah, that, something. That, I mean, the Robert Kennedy, uh, comparison is obvious because of his name and even, you know, the, the look, but it also, it also, you know, scares the hell out of me. Frankly, yeah. but um, because of the, because of the passion, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. he he generates. But uh, some a friend of mine who knows him says that she was asking, and she's a politician herself. Does he seem a little bit more tired than he did in two thousand eighteen? And I, I knew what she was saying, but no, I think it. I think he's more. I think he's more solemn. I think he. I think he understands that he can actually win this thing. Mm -hmm. And he's more mature. And I think the thing too, that, you know, we have a lot of politicians these days who will automatically demonize the, the other party and his moment, his MF moment, I don't think it's coming from that place. We, we all know that he kind of goes out, he's gone out of his way to visit rural communities. He welcomes uh, Republicans in there. He think he, he really sort of takes pride in trying to communicate with people from the other party. He posts a lot of videos of people who said, I'm a Republican, but I'm, I'm, I'm voting for Bethel. So he, he really likes, so in, in a way, this was an unusual thing for him because he really doesn't do it on a partisan basis. But I think this was more of an, of just an anger over just the disrespect that was being shown yeah, for that, the victims. Th that, that wasn't really a, a partisan heckling. I felt like that was like nihilism yeah, that yeah. has no, has it's no, has good, no place in a, in the a good debate. Word for yeah. It. yeah. Um, before we wrap things up, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the search of Donald Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago residence. I mean, this isn't a Texas issue, but it's going to affect uh, politics throughout the state. I think the initial reaction that you you heard, and certainly on on Fox News, was there's going to be a backlash. People are going to think uh, Republicans are going to be energized because they're going to think that the FBI went too far, that the FBI is out of control, that they're targeting him. He Trump tends to always say, "I'm the most persecuted," you know, "I was the most persecuted president ever." Um, I think that it's, it, I think I, 
think it's too early to tell what the, what the, I think it's too early to tell what kind of legal jeopardy he's in. I think it's too early to tell what the political uh, uh, shakeout will be. But what we do know is the FBI, they had a, they got a search warrant. They had it approved by a federal judge. They were trying to remove documents from, from Trump's residence. They had subpoenaed him earlier. They had tried to get it without having to go and search and it didn't work. And we know that at least some of the documents were top secret, which is the most, these are the most sensitive, uh, you know, national security, uh, documents that there can be. Also, um, there's also the, the 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 fact that one of the the issues cited um, in this search warrant application was the the, the possibility that uh, he had uh, violated the Espionage Act, which this is really serious business. What do you think, Kerry? Yeah. <laughs> so that's so yeah, you're right. That's just so much, and um, and to listen to to his reasons, to his excuses, it it reminds me of a comedian who's workshopping his material to see what plays like, uh, no, I didn't do anything wrong. No, it was planted. No, I can declassify anything. Oh, by the way, the black guy, Barack Hussein Obama, did it too, <laughs> which he didn't. It's it's all of this stuff. The fact and that he declassified stuff that had, wasn't even there that, yet, yeah, and got planted, pla is I mean, amazing. It's, yeah. it's brilliant on his part if that, if that was the case. But it is early. And the one thing that we've learned with, with Trump it will always get worse. The information we find out, it will get worse. I mean, <laughs> I mean, without, without, I mean, you know, I obviously have strong opinions about this and, you know, I'll, I'll defer to Carrie as, as the columnist, but I, <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, as a, as an objective reporter, I remain eager to see, uh, what comes to light in the future. Yeah. I'm with you. What do you think that's? So I'm so glad I don't have to be objective <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's nice on this side, nah. Um I I want to order the Hillary Clump, um, Hillary um, Clinton cap. Did you see it? It's um, but the emails or something. So the same night, and I was we had a two thirty a.m. alarm clock to go to New York um, when all this was happening, all this was breaking, and so I couldn't help but watch every every um, update on it. But that same night, Hillary Clinton posted a cap for sale, <laughs> and it was, and I believe it says, "But the emails." Um, so I want to buy that cap. But you know, and 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 the thing is, it, it's it is something. It is very serious. That for any president, former president, to have had the materials that he had, the attorney said that they returned everything and he didn't. Um, it 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 should that's the thing. And I, you know, part of the, the the warrant that also interests me is is the uh, accusations of destruction mm -hmm. of material. But for him, for any former president to have had top secret documents that they shouldn't have had for eighteen months, it has to be worrisome. Mm -hmm. What concerns me is how long did they sit there? And just because they've been recovered doesn't mean someone did not take photos of them. And and just, just you know, it's just it's it's actually very disturbing. When we talk about yeah. the espionage act, and we don't know exactly what that it means in this case, but I mean, we're talking about the misuse of documents. We're not just talking about retaining documents that you're not supposed to have. It's yeah. misusing them, and what that means that can mean a lot of things. And I'm not going to speculate too much on that, but. Um, but yeah, it, it really it should concern everybody. Before we, we finish things, I have to put in a recommendation for a great piece, uh, Express News piece over the weekend, written by Tom Osborne, uh, where he talked to uh, uh, County Judge Nelson Wolf, and who is now 
on the last lap of what has been a legendary political career in San Antonio. And the focus of the story was really about professional sports in San Antonio. Nelson Wolf talked about the need for San Antonio to really uh, sort of protect the Spurs or make sure that we, you know, hold on to the Spurs. But he also talked about um, a, a phenomenon that uh, local officials in many cities have experienced, which is the way they get used by owners of major league franchises. They kind of flirt with you to try to get a better stadium, a new stadium in or whatever else they want in the city that they're in. And they sound like they're interested. And then, you know, it was all just, they were just basically playing you. And I, it's, it's been clear to me for a while that Nelson Wolf, his experiences with, with soccer, Certainly his experiences with Major League Baseball, which I think many years ago, he's a, we all know he's a big baseball guy. And he really thought we had a chance to get, it was the Florida Marlins, wasn't it? So I think he's been burned way too many times. And he, I just got to share this quote, um, which uh, Mike Finger posted on, on, on Twitter over the weekend. This is Nelson Wolf talking about the owners. And maybe I'm going to be getting in trouble as far as like profanity here. But, um, but anyway, I'm going to go for it. Um, Nelson Wolf saying, but these guys coming to you looking to move, they are the handmaidens of the of the devil and more treacherous. <laughs> they are they are all a lying bunch of sons of bitches, every one of them. I fell for the Marlins. Um uh Phil Hardberger fell for the New Orleans uh thing, the, the Saints. Uh Henry C. Snedos fell for the Oakland football thing, and I fell for Major League Soccer. And all of them screw you. You're wasting your time talking to them. They just use you. These are words of wisdom. Any any mayor or county judge in the country who is dealing with the major league uh, franchise owners should read this quote and probably read the whole story because they'll learn a lot. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, I want to remind you that the uh, the link for uh, anyone who wants to ask questions uh, of us, uh, it's in the descriptions. And uh, we thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, hope you all are doing well and we'll be back with you next week. Take care.